Are Canadians done with the Bible? That's what our recent survey asked nearly 4,500 people in the summer of 2013. As studies often do, it raises a lot of questions. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and welcome to Church Matters. The 2013 survey, Are Canadians Done with the Bible?, was sponsored by the Canadian Bible Forum and the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. Nearly 4,500 people were surveyed, and it is said to be accurate within the 2% range, says the polling firm Angus Reid Strategies. Joining me to talk about these recently released survey results is Kyle Penner. Kyle has been the associate pastor at Grace Mennonite Church in Steinbeck, Manitoba since 2010. Kyle grew up in Steinbeck and at Grace Church, but also spent five years as a youth pastor in Winnipeg. On Grace's church website, it says that Kyle loves to create spaces for people to encounter God and to accompany young people as they mature in their faith. Kyle is known to have a mischievous streak, which no doubt endears him to his youth. He loves paddling his canoe in the wilds, reads anything he can get his hands on, and is a self-confessed ultimate frisbee nut. Welcome to our tiny studio, Kyle. Thanks. It's good to be here. According to this study, 67% of Canadians say they are a Christian, but only 11% say they read the Bible at least once a month, and that weekly Bible reading has fallen by half since 1996. What do you think is going on here, Kyle? I think there's a couple of things going on. I think what you have is the rise of, in church world, I call them the CEOs, the Christmas Easter onlys. So they're the ones who identify themselves as Christians and yet choose to participate in a church service about three hours a year. And so obviously I would not expect them to actually read their Bible at least once a month if they show up to church once every six months. And the second thing I think is going on is that one of my wise friends said to me, scripture kicks our butt. How many times can we read about John the Baptist telling people, if you have two coats, give one away, before we start saying, this is really hard, and we either then give the coat away or then we choose to stop reading it? Or Jesus telling the young rich ruler, give everything you have away to the poor, or Jesus saying, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. If we keep reading these things, we either have to change our behavior, which is hard, or we just choose to stop reading it and go to church twice a year instead. So the message kind of wears us down. Yeah, we don't like it. It kicks our butt. It's hard. Confidence in the Bible is at an all-time low. Many no longer believe the Bible is the Word of God. Why do you think that is? I think that scripture over the past several decades has been used and abused. People have used their favorite scripture passages to reinforce pre-existing notions. I think sometimes the Bible has been used to isolate individuals, to point out sin of others and say why they're wrong. And, and I think in dealing with those, I think many Canadians have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. I think they're tired of being quoted scripture at about why they're wrong or why they're going to hell or why they should change their behavior. I also think part of it is Canadian demographics are, we are an increasingly pluralistic society. We have many people many neighbors and many friends and many co-workers and many family members who don't identify as Christians. And so we are trying to be humble in a pluralistic context and claiming that the Bible is the word of God comes across as er- can come across as arrogant. Canadians who have real and meaningful Bible engagement have three behaviors in common, says the study's author, Rick Heemstra. They're involved in a worshiping community. In fact, they're four times more likely to go to church weekly They discuss and explore the Bible with their friends, 
and they have a growing confidence in the Bible as a way to know God and hear from God. Heemstra concludes that Bible engagement happens only in communities where all three of these behaviors are pursued intentionally. How does this resonate with your experience in your congregation? I would, I would, I would tend to agree with the studies. I think in our congregation, um, we assume that people are reading their Bibles or engaging with biblical texts. And I think in reality, it's quite minimal. And so I, the word, you did use the word intentionally there. And I think that as church leaders, we need to be intentional about it, finding ways for people to engage their Bibles. I was really surprised by two results from this study. The first surprise is that only 23% of Christians strongly agree that the Bible is relevant to modern life. So this means three quarters of Christians believe the Bible is not relevant to modern life. What's your take on that finding? I think it's a reaction against how the Bible has been postured in the past. I think the Bible has been treated as an answer book. I, and I think that people choosing to say the Bible isn't relevant is a reaction against legalism that comes from that. It's also a reaction against the proof texting that people do. Proof testing. Proof texting is where people pick their favorite Bible verses to back up what they believe. So for example, people love to quote John 3.16 as saying people are born again. We should be born again. But we have a hard time quoting Jesus telling the rich young ruler to sell all of his possessions and give to the poor. Rich Mullins has this great quote, and he says, we love telling people to be born again, but we have a hard time telling them to sell all their possessions and give to the poor. But I guess that's why God invented highlighters, so we can highlight the parts that we enjoy and ignore the rest. I also think that part of our saying the Bible isn't relevant to modern life is a little bit laziness on our part. As church, as Bible teachers, we often don't have the time or energy to figure out what's going on deep inside the texts. The second surprise for me is that 63% of Christians surveyed agree that scriptures of all major world religions essentially teach the same thing. Even more surprising was that 38% of respondents self-identifying as evangelical Christians agree with that belief. Does this leaning toward universalism surprise you? No, not at all. Uh, we all have neighbors and coworkers and community friends who don't identify as Christian, and we like them a lot. And in reality, our lives probably look an awful lot like theirs do. We live in similar houses, we drive similar cars, we all drive our kids to soccer games in the evenings. And so we have a hard time saying that we're better or that we're more right. And I think another thing going on is that for some of us, we've understood faith as a ticket to heaven, as an afterlife. And so we had to engage our neighbors with the faith story. We had to read our Bibles and tell people to read their Bibles so that they could avoid hell. And I think what we're discovering now, or what we're, we're finding, is that hell is not a very good motivator. As our understanding of hell as a motivator have changed, as we've placed less of an emphasis on the afterlife, I think it means that we need to act a little bit more like Jesus. And I think for many of us, that's quite hard. The study says that in 1996, older Christians were more likely to read the Bible, but in this 2013 study, there were no generational differences regarding who was more likely to read the Bible. Are the young people in your church reading the Bible as much as older people? They probably are, which isn't very much. I think children model the behaviors of their parents. 
And so if their parents read their Bible minimally, I would expect that from the children. I also think that one of the shifts going on with young people is that we have the world at our fingertips or in our pockets. And so we are able to engage a whole variety of sources and a whole variety of worldviews. We are able to see the best of the best of the best of the best speakers in the world. There's hundreds and there's thousands of TED Talks out there that teach us how to live well. And those are really accessible. Reading Zephaniah, not so accessible. 69% of Canadians believe the Bible has irreconcilable contradictions. What do you as a pastor say to people about biblical contradictions? The Bible is not a book that is meant to be read left to right. It can be read left to right, but that wasn't its original intention. It's a collection of books over thousands of years from many authors spanning many different genres. And so for us to assume that it's like a textbook is, I think, a really big error on our part. So I think we have to understand that our Bible is not meant to be this linear left to right answer book on how to live our lives. I think that the Bible itself points to Jesus. So when I read the Bible, I read it, the entire Old Testament as leading up to Jesus, and I read the rest of um, Acts on as this all happened because of Jesus. So I read my Bibles pointing to Jesus. And when you read it through that lens, it changes how we look at the Bible significantly. This survey links most of its findings to regular church attendance. Those who regularly read the Bible believe it is relevant to modern life and accept biblical contradictions are the same folks who regularly attend church. On the one hand, that linkage makes perfect sense. But if we're to extrapolate, does it follow that if more people would attend church regularly, Bible engagement would go up? That would seem to contradict the result that also says only 23% of Christians say the Bible is relevant to modern life. What are your thoughts? If regular church attendance could be increased, does it follow that more people would engage Scripture? I'm hesitant to say yes. The study explored, the study found a correlation between church attendance and engaging scriptures, but it didn't find the causation. So do people read their Bibles because they go to church or do people go to church because they read their Bibles? I also found one of the parts of the study lacking was it assumed that Bible reading was the goal. My understanding of faith is that discipleship is the goal, that following Jesus is the goal, that transforming our lives to be more Christ-like is the goal. And for many of us, Bible reading is an important part of that, but I also know it's not the only part of that. So it was probably beyond the scope of the author, so he didn't do anything wrong, he just did what he was supposed to do. But I would be much more interested in exploring what practices lead to spiritual transformation and spiritual growth. Solitude, prayer, service, loving of enemies, Um, going for walks in nature, those kind of things are also really important to faith development and faith maturation. And, And then I think if we can increase those practices, then we are encouraging spiritual growth. So that goes a little bit beyond simple Bible reading and church attendance. Right. So you listed a whole bunch of uh, potential future surveys that could happen. Well, it, it, it has already been done, actually. Um, Willow Creek out of the U.S., the big church out of Chicago, found they explored the practices that help people grow. And scripture was one of the most important ones, but it wasn't the only one. And so we'd be, we'd be remiss to only focus on scripture and not understanding that there's more to our life than simple knowledge. There's lots more we could talk about here, Kyle, but we're out of time. Thanks so much for coming in to talk about this. You're welcome. It was a joy to be here. 
If you want to read the report for yourself, just go to resources.mennonitechurch.ca and search for Are Canadians Done With the Bible? That wraps up today's episode. You can join me again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. Before I sign off, I want to read a few excerpts from an email I received in response to a previous episode we did on the future of the church with guest Willard Metzger. Darnell Barkman is a church planter in Manila, Philippines. He wrote, I was enduring Manila traffic last night and listened in to your recent Church Matters episode. It was encouraging as a young person living through this reformation the global church is experiencing. It resonated with the deepest prayers I have for the church globally. I'm planning to listen through your episode tonight at Peace Church. We'll have some discussion around the two major questions you highlighted and see how it resonates with this emerging Filipino Anabaptist community who have also had many of the same feelings you've heard in Canada. I was in tears knowing that I'm not alone in the tension I feel as a church planter. Blessings, guys, on your work. It's so important. Keep up the great podcast. Thanks, Darnell, and thanks a ton to all our listeners for tuning in to Church Matters. We always welcome your feedback to the program, and we love to hear listener ideas for topics and themes you'd like us to cover. Dash off an email to churchmatters at mennonitechurch.ca. We also accept your phone calls and financial support for this program at 1-866-888-6785, or you can visit mennonitechurch.ca and click on the donate link. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way. Sent by God wherever we